0: sorry i'm late i i've been reading and reading and reading and you know this this, there's so much in the scriptures that i mean unless you do medieval history and exegesis maybe you've never heard of but um you know baruch here we have baruch and lamentations and ezekiel ezekiel is one of my favorite prophets right he has these long descriptions of the temple and the architecture there oh you haven't read those Okay so you know what I'd, I'd really 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 like to do is spend a lot more time reading scripture with you all but I hear out there on the internet that there's some other books that aren't in in well this is so this is the the Douay Reims the the the, 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 la, the English translation of the Vulgate and you know it include it includes books that'm I'm, I'm pretty sure aren't in other maccabees right we have maccabees and wisdom and ecclesiasticus right um i I hear i hear that there's even more books out there that rome has been keeping from us i think we should read some of those tonight don't you welcome to the mosaic (music) ark hidden books from us
1: (laughs) which ones (laughs) well okay i hear
0: rumors i hear people are quite angry with the romans what's going on it's rome it's rome (laughs) so those of you who inhabit the darker corners of the internet may know that there was you know there've been some debates of late and one accusation was flung around flung around last week that rome in its in its secret libraries the Vatican secret archives which have actually been renamed something else but anyway they, they, for a long time they were the secret <laughs> archives right has all of these books that if you're a Christian you you'd be shocked you'd be shocked and of course if, if if you'd be so shocked that either you'd stop being Christian or start being Muslim or Jewish or something I don't know right shocking shocking Rome I can't say it with the uh-huh. right degree. I mean, even been, you know, having grown up Protestant, I can't, I can't quite summon the degree of venom that you need to be able to make this claim properly.
1: You did tap into a subterranean reservoir of vitriol.
0: Oh, well, with those secret archives. Get it all over the place. Rome. 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 Well, you know, Rome actually mm, crucified our Lord. Don't you think? Maybe, wait. I, I always find it funny when they're saying Rome oh. did this. It's like, yeah, Rome did.
1: <laughs> it's in the creed and everything.
0: Pontius Pilate was there.
1: <laughs> what didn't Romans do? <laughs> well,
0: they threw Christians yeah. to the lions. I mean, you know, they, 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 and and then, and then Rome when Rome becomes power suddenly squishes all of the cool Christianity and you're left with nothing but the boring christianity after constantine yes i I think that's the story
1: is that the rumor (laughs) they nerfed christendom
0: i have i well i'm pretty sure made it glad we have talked about this before and one day we'll actually like research it properly but i'm pretty sure bart Ehrman has a lot to do with this at least among some circles that he's he's done this study i mean because it's repeated so many times it's like robe I mean, i'm gonna get there God, i'm so bored at this rome comes along in the fourth century after constantine decides to you know stop the persecutions that had been going under diocletian and say okay we're gonna stop feeding you to the lions rome and um basically tell you that you can't believe anything i don't know it's so dumb i my brain collapses I just don't get it anyway I I do get that, you know, there's a lot of anti-papal propaganda out there, thanks to, oh, I don't know, Martin Luther. (laughs) Are we surprised? Remember, remember, the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason, and plot, that the English-speaking world has some problems with stories about the papacy. Mary Queen of Scots was Catholic, very pious Catholic. Did you know when Elizabeth has her executed, because she's worried that she's plotting behind her to bring back Rome?
1: Protestant paranoia really peaked.
0: (laughs) So, you know, people are inclined to believe stuff that they hear that Rome must be keeping Um, all of these books from you. Well, have I made mm, this as have I made my position on this clear mm, by this point? (laughs) I think I'm not sure I could be sober for that here. I'm just gonna, gonna, I can't be sober. Oh my God.
1: Mm. Just like the Romans. <laughs>
0: I think it's the Greeks who have symposia, get drunk, and philosophize, right? And they have sex with boys. No, wait, we're not supposed to say that.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I know the Persians used to debate drunk and sober. If they had an argument mm. that they needed to flesh out to figure out if it it was any good (laughs) you you debate drunk then you debate again sober and if it sounds good twice then it must be a good idea (laughs) Uh,
0: that was i thought that was the vikings Mm. i think i think this rumor goes they must have done it too (laughs) (laughs) apparently everyone wanted an excuse to get drunk and and debate philosophy and sound clever i mean it's 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 too much okay i'm sorry guys here on the internet i'm going to mock you mirth Relentlessly in this episode, at least at the beginning, um it's too much like dorm room debates where you know you you, you go to college and suddenly you hear dun 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 there are other books. <clears throat> okay, well there are other books in the Bible if you grew up reading the King James version. <laughs> They're in the Douay rings version, which is pretty much contemporary with the King James version, and it does include. Let's remind everyone. Um, certain books, my favorite, well, one of my favorites ecclesiasticus, but it's 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 a bit long. Um, the other one that is one of my favorites is, of course, <laughs> it's in the other direction, just a second. Wisdom, right? and I think I think in one famous uh, context in which i we I was accused of not reading the Bible, I did, and I read it from this chapter. Chapter 7 of Wisdom. This will be topical, don't worry. Uh, um, about wisdom. And so, this is in the Douay Reims English scripture. It's in the Septuagint, therefore, in Greek. It's central to much of what I work on when I'm sober, which is the devotion to the medieval um. devotion to Mary, and um, regularly quoted as about her because it's wisdom speaking, right? or wisdom being described here. And um, here's the, the the author saying, um, And all such things as are hidden, not foreseen, I have learned. For wisdom, which is the worker of all things, taught me. For in her is the spirit of understanding, holy, one, manifold, subtle, eloquent, active, undefiled, sure, sweet, loving, that which is good, quick, which nothing hindereth, beneficent. Gentle, kind, steadfast, assured, secure, having all power, overseeing all things and containing all spirits, intelligible, pure, subtle, subtle, it's subtile, it's an old old rendering of subtle. For wisdom is more active than all active things and reacheth everywhere by reason of her purity, for she is a vapor of the power of God and a certain pure emanation of the glory of the Almighty God, and therefore no defileth thing cometh into her. For she is the brightness of eternal light and the unspotted mirror of God's majesty and the image of his goodness. And being one but one, she can do all things. And remaining in herself the same, she reneweth all things. And through nations conveyeth herself into holy souls, she maketh the friends of God and prophets. For God loveth none but him, that dwelleth with wisdom, for she is more beautiful than the sun and above all the order of the stars being compared with the light she has found before it. And after this cometh night, but no evil can overcome wisdom. Now, if we were doing what I do, when I study this, this this passage in the context of the way in which it's used in the medieval liturgy, we would then go to finding that Mary, as the mother of wisdom, uh, the, um, the the mother of the Lord, the word, right, our Lord Jesus Christ, the mother of wisdom, is herself filled with wisdom. And therefore, texts that are used about her, about wisdom, are often used in her liturgies, for example, Proverbs and from Ecclesiasticus and such. And so we have this glorious, beautiful, magnificent tradition in the ancient and medieval Catholic, Orthodox, Syrian, um, Coptic, tradition of reading Mary in the figure of the unspotted mirror of God's majesty. Mm. It's beautiful,
1: but that doesn't, uh, that doesn't seem familiar.
0: It's right here in the Bible. uh...
1: (laughs) So why is it that the Protestants are not doing this reading?
0: I don't know. It's in the Bible, sola mm. scriptura. It's right there, Scripture, Holy Bible. <clears throat> I woke up the dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I that, this that could the- be your first, you know, your first thought in 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 college when you are dealing with the fact that maybe they're parts of your own tradition that have never been available to you and that's of course what happened with me in studying devotion to mary since i grew up presbyterian and i hadn't heard the liturgies for our lady and i didn't know i mean my my earliest work in graduate school was of course on the way in which the song of songs still we read some of the song of songs i think i think we need to remind people of what's yeah. actually in the scriptures right okay here is a favorite passage from the song of songs um used in liturgies for Mary and, and meditations on her relationship with God. Um, the song of songs is also um, uh, central to most of the mystical tradition throughout the middle ages. It's also kind of sexy, right? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh wait. Okay. No, no, no. It's, first, first I'll read um, chapter four, um, which becomes topical because it has passages that are used to talk about Mary as immaculately conceived. Mm. All right, chapter four. How beautiful art thou, my love, how beautiful art thou. Thy eyes are dove's eyes besides what is hid within. Thy hair is as flocks of goats which come up from Mount Gilead. Gilead. Thy Thy teeth as flocks of sheep that are shorn which come up from the washing, all with twins, and there is none barren among them. Thy lips are as a scarlet lace and thy speech sweet. Thy cheeks are as a piece of pomegranate beside that which lieth hid within. Thy neck is as the Tower of David, which is built with bulwarks. A thousand bucklers hang upon it, all the armor of valiant men. Thy two breasts like two young rows that are twins, which feed among the lilies. Till the day break and the shadows retire, I will go to the mountain of Myrrh and to the hill of frankincense. Thou art all fair, O my love. There is not a spot in thee. Um, That goes on, right? But there's, there's also this, this wonderful passage in um, chapter five, which the medieval commentators will use to talk about Mary's awakening to, to speak. Rupert of Deutz does this very beautifully. Um, I sleep and my heart watcheth. The voice of my beloved knocking open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. For my head is full of dew and my locks of the drops of the night. I have put off my garment. How shall I put it on? I have washed my feet. How shall I defile them? My beloved put his hand through the keyhole, and my bowels were moved at his touch. I arose to open to my beloved. My hands dropped with myrrh, and my fingers were full of the choicest myrrh. I opened the bolt of my door to my beloved, but he had turned aside and was gone. My soul melteth when he spoke. I sought him and found him not. I called, and he did not answer me. But you can see, is very it's like, you think of this as either the soul longing for the touch of the, the, the divine or Mary's longing for the touch of God is pretty, pretty racy. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> Beloved, put his
0: hand through the lattice, my belly, oh my God, you know, ah! right? So yeah, maybe there are books out there in the Bible that you didn't know how to read because you haven't been reading them in the proper traditional way.
1: Mm-hmm so why
0: (laughs) oh who knows who knows but we are assured we are assured that if you go beyond what's contained in the bible you will be shocked and horrified at the i'm not sure what right that's always the implication it's like there's shock horror there's Mm -hmm. books that you don't know about and it'll completely overturn everything you think about christianity oh what that it's boring and dull wait
2: Mm.
1: <laughs> it's the it's the office space version modern post-modern office space christianity i think <laughs> that everyone's thinking of it and they're describing it
0: oh maybe maybe Small we should just add, add add a little of the apocalypse just to be clear right let's 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 go with with the the, the okay. apocalypse of of saint john right yeah um uh And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his testament was seen in the temple, and there were lightnings and voices and an earthquake and great hail, and a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. Sounds mystical. And being with Mm. child, she cried, travailing in birth, and was in pain to be delivered. And there was seen another sign in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon! having seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to be delivered, that when she should be delivered, he might devour her son. But this is good stuff. Dragons? Mm. Women clothed with the sun and the the moon at their feet? Stars on their heads in the temple? Hmm. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. And her son was taken up to God and to his throne. And there's a battle. Okay. I, I just saw Dragon something battle. right before we started on, on, on telegram of there's a, there's a new cartoon story showing Lucifer and Lilith, right? The stories that they've kept from you. Cause those are the racy fun ones, right? Rebellion against God and, and stuff that that's what we want. Rebellion against God. Is it? <laughs> well, clearly we. Do. I mean, there's some kind, there's some feeling of rebellion. We certainly would rebel against Rome because, like, wait, no, wait. We, we, do we rebel against Rome? This is the Catholic version of the Bible. Uh oh. No, wait. Diligently compared with the Hebrew, Greek, and other editions in diverse languages, published at the English College at Douay sixteen oh nine, and the New Testament fifteen eighty two, published by Saint Benedict Press. I think this is a Catholic book, Roman. Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> it's called the Rome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> These um, secret books that Rome is keeping from you, literally, mm-hmm. um no. Those secret books that I just read from are in the Catholic Bible. Mm. The, 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 to rebel, we must need some other stuff against Rome. Yeah. <clears throat> I have some more books.
1: <laughs> well we use those books, we're not Romans. <laughs> what? <laughs> so there
0: Wisdom, they're wisdom of lim- unspotted they're mirror of God's Majesty. Thunder and lightning. Mm. Signs importance. Apocalypses. It's clearly a plod. <laughs> I to what? Deprive of his of fun? There's that was pretty <laughs> sexy love story I was just reading there
2: hmm
0: i i clearly whatever is being kept from us must be pretty amazing
1: the secret uh, erotica <laughs> that we're not being shown that's better than that i don't know <laughs> I,
0: I i'm speculating right it's mm-hmm. like imagine everybody mm-hmm. what you want to be in these lost banned books of the of the 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 ancient tradition I know you're, you're flabbergasted. We can't even imagine.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so
0: it was it was alleged in in this certain internet debate thing that I may have watched, um, that there were whole mm. libraries out there, that the Vatican secret archives, which um, do actually have underground storage. Okay. That was built in the 1980s. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, john paul ii <laughs> I mean, apparently there's vast wait it's not it's not hundreds of years no, old it's from the 1980s i i assume they're climate controlled archives to keep the i don't know our arch- diplomatic archives did you know that there were no secret archives in rome until the 17th century it, it's literally established in like least 16 something <laughs>
1: There was supposed to be Indiana Jones-style tunnels under the Vatican, full of things we're not allowed to read, uh,
0: so, and, and apparently also and artifacts. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. So th- there is on the Arch of Titus a representation of the candelabra taken from the temple in in AD
2: seventy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, missing is remarkably the Ark. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Indiana Jones,
1: yeah. <laughs> with
0: with the implication that these mm-hmm. these artifacts should be returned to those from whom they were taken i think we need to tell ethiopia since they have the ark. <laughs> <laughs> the ancient egyptian church right so ethiopia has mm-hmm. our, so as far as the candelabra I mean, throughout the Middle Ages, there were people like Bede who were absolutely obsessed with the tabernacle and the temple. I really think if the tab- if the if the candelabra were there in Rome, it would be on display. Mm-hmm. I rather think there's a long list of people who have sacked the archives in Rome to blame. That most of them have uh-huh. Goth in their name. <laughs> <laughs> Are you blaming the Goths? Oh yeah. Well, at least to start with, right? Vandals, uh, Ostrogoths, Visigoths, um, you know, occasional Marvel medieval 17. peasants. Did you know? Did you know? I, I, I see. I did do my research to to to, to do this part of the riff the The full papal archives, like of the papal correspondence and like documents from their own reign, that the you know who the 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 um, oldest full archive that we have comes from. I'll mm-hmm. let you guess. Pick a pope. It's older than the '80s, right? <laughs> no, it's, no that that's that's an ever accurate guess and saying that Rome's <laughs> stolen them. No, the 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 only complete you know like archival collection that we have um from a medieval pontificate is as late as Innocent the Third, right? 1198 to 1215, 1216. Dicen so so so. In fact, prior to that, yeah. what keeps happening is the archives keep getting burned, looted, burned, looted, burned, looted, mm-hmm. right? Oh, and then the, the, of course they are looted again in 1527 when oh the most Catholic Emperor Charles V's troops sack Rome in 1520s. <laughs> the popes ha- are lucky they have anything in their archive, and they've only been keeping their collection since you know the the 17th century. But you know it, it hasn't even been able to stay in Rome the whole time since the 17th century. It it, it made a little detour to Paris. In eighteen ten, when Napoleon took the whole thing. So he's come in
1: and just He took the whole thing every single (laughs) After of
0: course crowning himself emperor because he you know he didn't he didn't need no Pope, right? Okay, so, so they got they get it back in you know eighteen fifteen eighteen sixteen after Napoleon's defeated, but it, you, they've really only been like in control of their own archive for a little while, and there's been some vicissitudes over that period too.
1: World wars, I <laughs> Uh huh. <laughs> so, okay, so before you you're describing this in a way that everyone thinks it's this. <laughs> amazingly organized and impregnable fortress yes yeah <laughs> and now i just feel sorry for them
0: <laughs> so some of it i mean they i'm guessing a lot of the collection they can't even keep it no a lot of the collection must come from um i mean I, so i've been working some with manuscript, and also guys They've digitized everything. So the, uh, w- one of the other claims was that there there are many Jewish manuscripts in the collection. Yeah, they're digitized. You can look at them, and mm-hmm. there are about six hundred of them. Knock yourselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, that the the Vatican Library one is one of the greatest libraries in in, in the world. And two, they have great librarians, and three, those librarians have been busy digitizing many of the manuscripts for the last several decades, at least the de- last decade. The Vatican Library site is is amazing, right? You can go, and if you can read all of these ancient languages, it's there. Scholars love this stuff. Mm. The,
2: the I
0: mean the the claim the claim to a medieval historian that the Vatican is is keeping us out is simply ridiculous. I mean, they, they keep the they, it's a very precious collection. And just like the British Library or the Bibliothèque Nationale or any other of the great collections in Europe, you do have to know how to work with these books. And they do mm-hmm. kind of want to make sure you're not going to know, set fire to the lot. You have to actually, to to work in, in the Oxford Library, you have to like sign an oath that you won't kindle flame <laughs> oh. <laughs> before they let you in. Okay, fine. Okay. You know it's ha- you know it's happened libraries have burned all of monte casino's library burned although i think i think they may have moved some of it before it was turned into a target for world war 2 but the, i mean we mm-hmm. so many collections have been lost burned sacked moved around napoleon moved stuff all around be- before the nazis started it and it took a while for people to get but if you've been to the louvre as a as a museum consider this <laughs> right? napoleon started mm-hmm. it
1: Okay, so archives are not impregnable. (laughs) Then because they've been sacked and looted, they're not so secret. (laughs) Because if they were secret, no one would be able to know where they were to sack them. So, all right, you've smashed two problems away.
0: (laughs) Hopefully. I mean, that that when when we say things are lost, yes, they've been bombed by i don't know the united states occasionally right the the -hmm. the library in leiden was was destroyed by the germans in world war one and then there was a new collection made um in the 20s because the scholars of the world were so sad that the that library was burned and then it was burned again (laughs) if you're if you're if you're a medieval historian ironically there's actually more surviving than you might think and certainly more than most living scholars could ever dream of even cataloging it in a lifetime. There is more out there than people appreciate. But on the other hand, most of our record of even, I mean, into, into the present, right. Most of our record of history is, and that was lost. I I was in my Um, EuroCiv class today. I was, we were talking about the French revolution and, you know, one of, one of the features of the French revolution is burning archives of all the local seniors mm-hmm. right so okay. imagining that anybody in the past 2000 years has been so in control of their documents that they weren't under threat at some point and the name of the rose is accurate in that sense the libraries that have gone up in flames are real
1: mm. yes and not well everyone points to that. the alexandrian library setting on on, on fire
0: I'm sure they'd like to blame Rome for that, but no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So they don't have archives that, no, you've just, you've broken all of the, all of the rumors. It's all gone now because I thought the Vatican was a castle that was impregnable and had a network of tunnels full of things that had never been seen before.
0: I, I think in that, in popular imagination, they're confusing the catacombs, which are tombs. (laughs) Mm. <laughs> with yes. with the underground um storage for the Vatican collection, which apparently John Paul II established.
1: Okay, so a 1980s air conditioned cool room That's doesn't so. sound sexy. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it didn't even exist when Indiana
0: Jones was acting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Like oh, modern goths are not going to roll in well, mind. <laughs> and rush to the air-conditioned cool room <laughs> no but it doesn't have the same ring to it <laughs> you don't get the glory of ransacking an air-conditioned cool room that you would if you're uh invading a castle and Penetrating underground tunnels.
0: <laughs> all, all this tells me you've not worked in one of these libraries. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean, yes, the, no. the, the, the,
0: you know, and, and the, the frisson of being actually in the presence of the ancient books is real, right? Every, everybody's a medievalist, yeah. right? There's there's nothing like the first time you get to go and hold a manuscript, and, and just like mm. I am here in the past, I'm here, you know, in the in the presence of. Um, somebody's previous meditation. I I, I mean, mm. you know, when I worked in as a, a graduate student in Cambridge, and you get to go to the reading room in the university library, and they bring out the book to you, and you're sitting there, and you're like, "This book that I've read in edition, and someone else, you know, did all the fancy Latin on to make this printed version, and here I am sitting with the copy of the book that they. It's like the mm. it's like ground zero. It's there's nothing like it." to feel like you're you're closest to that moment of i do want to know right and and i think so you know ridicule aside the desire to get back to the past is real and those of us who Mm. work with these manuscripts really do feel that right there there is there is nothing more precious than the sense that well what i'm working on now service sanctus of faenza's mariale they have two copies in florence they've digitized so i can look at look at at least one of them. And, and th- my thought of thinking this could be the book he, he had copied out of his notes, right? This could be the original. Mm-hmm. I'm in the presence of the author. I'm in the presence of the, you know, the, the, the person who was thinking these beautiful thoughts about Mary through all of these scriptural references. And yes, we want that experience for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's actually sorrowful to, to realize how many of those books are gone. That, that they've been stolen or, yeah. or or given away or you know, t- torn apart and reused as in papers right old manuscripts are sometimes you know th- there is as, as as worthless originally as um old books are now right secondhand books that you throw in the trash
1: yeah yeah well i um i have a little collection of things uh because one of the universities here in australia was they were ransacking their own libraries, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I think it's connected to digitization. They wanted to scan everything right. to an online library. But also a lot of the content of these older books that they had in the university libraries are uh, a little spicy for the students mm-hmm. now. Uh, so maybe there's some cens- censorship involved in that. But... Uh, no, I, uh, I ha- <laughs> me and a friend of mine pulled a bunch of them out of the trash. They were, they were getting ready to be put into landfill, and they're beautiful old books. Um, I couldn't imagine anyone throwing them out, but they were just, they were collected into a massive skip bin. It's amazing. So yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Uh, okay, so... So
0: all of these things can happen. the books it's like yeah it doesn't doesn't, and and what what you're describing getting thrown into skips and said that happened to a lot of liturgical manuscripts because they're like the it's like the the fancy big fancy bibles with lots of ornament and decoration very expensive to make you know those Mm -hmm. survive but the the manuscripts that you need to perform the liturgy those are the ones that are sort of most work a day although very complicated to make and yeah. sometimes sometimes yeah. we find those, as I said, being reused as, as binding material for later books. And, and it's, it's like and, mm-hmm. and so most of the manuscripts in the Middle, in the middle Ages were liturgical manuscripts because the people that worked from books were mainly the ones praying. And so, you know, whatever percentage of manuscripts that still survive now, most of them were for prayer and, and for, for, for the liturgy. And and therefore, when I say that you know, it's like whatever liturgically they use for things like the feast of Mary matters a lot because that's like the or- most ordinary knowledge people have. It's it's the way we know, yeah. what, you know, advertising jingles and sitcoms. Now it's like the 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 sort of basic stories that everybody would be familiar with. The chants that everyone would be familiar. with. those are coming from from the liturgy,
1: mm. so i'm still I'm still trying to wrap my head around why if most of these manuscripts are liturgical and they're revealing the daily prayer lives of the people in those eras, why is it that the collections of these artifacts are suspected of being uh, full of hidden, inaccessible things that have been occulted from the public?
0: Well, when you put it that way, because the Protestants thought that they only, (laughs) I mean, I think the occulted from the public, one, they're in Latin, Mm -hmm. they're in other liturgical languages like Old Slavonic or Greek, um, in in the sort of, in the wider scale collection. I I mean, the thing is, I think um, propaganda against the older tradition, a lot of times, it's like the the I I've been mm. in the in this work I'm doing on Mary. I was just reading John Henry Newman's letter to Reverend Pusey about you know how he isn't he doesn't believe in these strange things that Pusey claims Catholics do because well that's Italian, um you know there's 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 a lot <laughs> aside from the you know, sort of generic Protestant propaganda against the the papacy. There's also within yeah. the traditions dismissals of the older prayer life and and that often turns into oh mm-hmm. yes they're you know these strange and obscure and weird practices and why would you think about mary as wisdom that seems strange to put her above god right and and then and, and mm-hmm. it, it's mischaracterizations of the ancient tradition and that then create i think fuels for people's understanding this sense that it's it's all um, gloomy right the gloom of the middle ages is often invoked over it yeah so we've, we we figure we can riff off of this and find lots and lots of reasons for this feeling of we've lost a tradition we have some of it you know it's been hidden from us it's been stolen from us it's been you know all of these and to project onto that this nefarious desire to prevent us from having knowledge which I suppose sometimes it is, but 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 that's in, in mm. well known ways in in modernity of liturgical reforms and doctrinal debates and national politics.
1: <laughs> mm. Not not in the in the sense of uh, a Dan Brown story, where uh... alas, <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs>
0: I mean, some of some well, of what comes out in the 15th century, when the the Italian the Italian humanists think that they're discovering all these ancient books, you know, that have been kept from them for centuries, because you know they're rediscovering the classics. They were re- copied in monasteries in the in the eighth and ninth centuries, and so we've talked about this a little bit in, in the past, right? Yeah. That, that some of that feeling of rediscovering books, it 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 wasn't that they were purposefully hidden. It was just nobody was interested for a while. <laughs>
1: Okay. So uh now this is interesting. Well it it's <laughs> instead of blaming an attention span, they're blaming the the archivists. <laughs> okay. So what is in there?
0: Well, okay, so I have I, I collected I, g- g- given that there's this claim that there are whole libraries out there. Ugh I pulled them off my shelf <laughs> and look there are three books <laughs> literally three books okay we heard tell about the nagamati library you know mm-hmm. thank you james robinson that's the title he gave the book um i do have i, I figured because people are internet savvy we go to the web page whoops there we go uh, the wikipedia page which shows you the nagamati library um it was a collection of a variety of books but it all got published in one volume right it's it' it's the 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 premise that they're you know it's, it's miles and miles and miles of hidden books under the vatican no the Nag Hammadi library is this <laughs> <laughs> right okay so we, we can play with that a bit which i i think we i'd like to because that one's this one this one was actually found as a as a collection of of codices um and okay. let me see if i can do this uh discovered um in uh between in 1946 in egypt okay um oh, wow. and uh i will give you one guess, what language they're in.
1: Is it Semitic?
0: <laughs> That's a second guess. One guess.
1: Oh, I wanted to play 20 questions. Okay, I'm gonna say Arabic. No. <laughs> Try again. Get another guess. Hebrew. Aber- no. I suck at this game.
0: Um Okay, maybe you're gonna have got to go through how many how many languages does Kilt know to guess? Not Arabic, not I Hebrew. Know.
1: Okay, now Gamadi.
0: Oh, that just tells you where Is they it... were found. Right? So they're discovered in the desert. Um
1: Okay, I'm thinking like Syriac? Nope. Aramaic. Sumerian. Nope. No. <laughs>
0: Then they'd be on clay tablets. <laughs> they're actually, so I'll give you four. They're found as codices, found codices, right? And I do actually have a okay. picture. If you came to this episode on, from the cover in the YouTube, it's on the cover. Um, that they, um, they're they're often, cons- you know, they're secret and cool because um, Robinson, when he published them, and this is translation, which, oh, yes, I can, you know, I, this is actually um book I bought in college. He published it in nineteen seventy eight. I've I've had you can see how old and and creaky it is, right? It was eleven ninety five when I bought it. And I and I wrote my name in it as Fulton, so there you go. Um he called them Gnostic, which means that literally everybody, including Dan Brown, is going to decide that they have the secret wisdom that you know is, is 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 absolutely hidden from hidden from the ages. And this is what Rome wanted you not to have. They're found in Egypt in the desert.
1: I have to admit something. I cheat I cheated. Oh,
0: <laughs> she had her phone with her. You cheated now. I Tell did. the people what language they're in. It's Greek. They were originally in Greek. No. All right, I I didn't even cheat for the <laughs> See, see how hard it is getting. Getting. I mean, so I think actually the titles are in Greek. Um, how about how about I read the Wikipedia entry? <clears throat> the contents of the codices were written in the Coptic yes. language. I thought that would be easy for you to guess. For goodness' sake brain coptic all right and 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 they're discovered in the mid 20th century and of course there's a huge interest in them apparently one of them is sold um and given to carl jung um cj jung right so they get they get a jungian Jungian attachment to them to the mystical sense they've all been edited and here we have a list of the codices and tractates and 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 we will we will um uh, entertain ourselves with choosing from these. I, I, we're going to talk about the Nagamati because I think we can just do one today. But th- there are other apocrypha that were alluded to in the, you know, hidden from you and kept from you. And you won't be really Christian if you read these things. Um, uh, one I have, I have this one, uh, which I, I just like. It's the other Bible, Right. The other Bible <laughs> for the first time in one volume, ancient scriptures, Gnostic Gospels, Dead Sea Scrolls, visionary wisdom text, Christian Apocrypha, Jewish shoot epigrapha, and Kabbalah. So I promise I know what some other of the texts are, right um and and we can get to these some other day um uh, so that that's one mm-hmm. it's, again it's it's you know there are more volumes in this, but we're not really talking vast libraries of stuff that's been, quote, lost and hidden, and most of, we know it all, right? So that's fine. Um, This book, though, is more to the point, the apocryphal New Testament. What do you think is in this? Mm. This is translated by M.R. James, the great um, um, Cambridge scholar, uh, provost of King's College, Cambridge. Belonged to my mother-in-law, no less. Published at Oxford in 1924. Um, Would you like to hear about the, the books that are in the apocryphal New Testament that nobody's ever heard about. Absolutely. Well, okay. The gospel according to Hebrews, which is in fact mentioned by Jerome. So we've known about it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then that one's in a, that's in a fragment that's, oh, there's some Coptic, um, the Ebionites, the Egyptians, the Philip, the tradition of Matthias, the gospel of Peter, Gospel of Thomas, Preaching to Peter. But these are all only known in fragments. Okay, so we've mentioned most. Lost heretical books. The Birth of Mary. <laughs> the Lesser Questions of Mary. The Ascent of James and other lost books. The Memoria of the Apostles. Oh, and the, the Glazian Decree is, of course, the great list of books to be suspicious about.
2: Mm-hmm. Which includes
0: mentions of a lot of these. Uh, the Glazian Decree, they list all of these other ones. You know what my favorite book that nobody's ever heard of that's listed in the Glazian Decree because the church squished it? The book concerning the infancy of the Savior, or Pseudo-Matthew's Gospel. And also the book concerning the birth of the Savior and Mary, or the midwife, the same as the last, or the Protoevangelium. Literally nobody heard about those throughout the Middle Ages, which is why they cited them constantly as the reason they had the feast days of the Virgin, mm. right? And, and th- there's also things like the, there's some acts of the, uh, different acts of the apostles and such, but some of the apocrypha in here are the basis for the tradition of devotion to Mary. So ironically, the claim that, oh, there are these apocrypha that the Catholic church doesn't let you know Is literally backwards. Um, You know, they're considered apocrypha now, and they were, you know, they're considered like not quite in the Gospels, but we'll still have a feast of Mary's Nativity, and oh, we'll have feasts of her conception, and oh, we'll have stories about how she grew up in the temple, right? I I think I marked one of those. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I marked it in here. So here is from the other Bible Uh, the famous, completely lost, nobody's ever heard of. Infancy Gospel of James, or the Protoevangelium in James, talking about what happens with Mary um, at the Annunciation. So she's gotten married to Joseph, and he says, "Uh, Mary, I have received you from the temple of the Lord. Now I'm leaving you behind in my house, and I'm going away to build houses. Later I will return to you. The Lord will guard you. There took place a council of the priests, saying, Let us make a veil for the temple of the Lord. The priest said, Call the undefiled virgins from the tribe of David. The attendants went out and sought them, and they found seven. Then the priest remembered the child Mary, that she was of the tribe of David, and was pure before God, and the attendants went forth and brought her. They brought them into the temple of the Lord, and the priest said, Assign by lot for me here someone who will spin the gold thread, and the white, and the linen, and the silk, and the hyacinth blue, and the scarlet, and the genuine purple. The genuine purple and the scarlet were assigned by Lot to Mary, and taking them, she went into her house. Now at that time Zacharias was dumb, and Samuel replaced him until the time when Zacharias spoke. Mary, taking the scarlet, spun it. She took her pitcher and went out to fill it full of water, and behold, there came a voice saying, Hail, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. You are blessed among women. Mary looked about to the right and to the left to see whence this voice might be coming to her. Filled with trembling, she went into her house, and putting down the pitcher... She took the purple and sat down on a chair and drew out the purple thread. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before her, saying, Do not fear, Mary, for you have found favor before the Lord of all, and you will conceive by his word. Mary, having heard this, considered to herself, saying, Shall I conceive by the Lord the living God? As all women do, shall I give birth? And behold, the angel appeared, saying to her, Not thus, Mary, for the power of God will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that holy thing which is born shall be called Son of the Most High. He shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save the people from from their sins. Then Mary said, Behold, the servant girl of the Lord is before him. Let it be to me according to your word. She worked the purple and the scarlet and brought them to the priest. And the priest blessed her and said, Mary, the Lord God has blessed your name, and you will be blessed among all the families of the earth. Now that's, that um passage is, is is literally so obscure that it shows up in absolutely every text that i read.
2: Mm. I mean,
0: in in the one it's always in the iconography which i should have i should have gotten for for our discussion here. It's in the iconography the of the annunciation for the Eastern Orthodox Church because Mary is always shown spinning the scarlet thread. Yes. right. And in the in the Western tradition, you and I have talked about this, right? Mary is the one who weaves the veil of the temple. She's the one who weaves the veil yes. of, God, of Christ's flesh in her womb. This imagery of Mary weaving the, the, the thread, spinning the thread that's going to be used to weave the veil of the incarnation is literally central to Marian devotion throughout the Middle Ages and will be one of the things that, for example, Cardinal Newman would never have heard of. But not because... The catholic church was keeping it from you throughout the middle ages it's it's you know the problems with the way in which the tradition has been criticized and ridiculed by modernity not because it wasn't Mm. known in the past
1: so there's a problem with looking at these texts out of the context of all of the traditions that emerged from reading them right and then having comparing comparing the culture that we're in now comparing the christianity that we're observing now with what what was there in the middle ages right and because there's a huge difference in terms of the um the devotional practices saying these texts were purposefully hidden instead of realizing that actually it's a Failure to, uh, of, or not, not so much a failure, but uh, there's been a abandoning of of emphasis on on these traditions that point to the texts. Right. So, in, instead of this being an argument against the church uh, and and a reason to um, <laughs> accuse it of purposefully hiding information from people this seems to be uh, just another way of backing up uh your work and 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 the claim that the the tradition springs from devotion and the devotion and the text can't be divorced from each other i mean it proves that the sola scriptura uh, approach is in fact the reason why <laughs> we we have the problems not because there are secret archives in the first right. place it's interesting.
0: That's exactly it.
1: It's very interesting. So the the the,
0: the, the, the secret scripture, has been yeah. the thing that did, I mean. One that the the passages the the um um I should go back to just us and not have the, the website here. Um, that the 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 passages that I read from the actual Douay Rheims scriptures that are used to talk about Mary mm-hmm. as as wisdom and as the beloved and the lady and the son and such are, I mean, they're, they're known through, they're known in antiquity. They're known in the Coptic church that I, one of the things I, mm-hmm. I didn't have at home, which I could bring is all of the stories about Mary's death and, and, and uh, her dormition and, and assumption. I mean, there's some incredible traditions from the ancient, the ancient Eastern churches, which are, you know, acknowledged and, and, and included in the liturgy throughout the middle ages. So mm. you can imagine, it's like why do I why do I find all of these these modern sort of gasping and and it's all been hidden from you? Frustrating, is because of course it has been, but not by the mechanisms that they're claiming.
1: Mm. It wasn't conspiracy.
0: Not not of the sort that that, it- that is 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 suggested, and and also obviously that many of the traditions that have been obliterated or forgotten are about the incarnation and about emphasizing Mary's role in the incarnation and, and, you know, to suggest that, or about the temple and Mary's relationship to the temple. Um, So that's what's missing in contemporary understandings of Christianity. And it's not hidden in the Vatican secret archives. It's, 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 you know, actually simply, (laughs) um, in the, the, um, liturgical tradition that, People
1: aren't listening to. Mm. So, I guess, so this is this is a really clear picture of why an iconoclastic tradition mm. would re- result in this kind of uh, thinking, and why Protestants tend to be very anti-Rome mm. <laughs> uh, because they're not looking at. They, they're not looking at the scriptures with any of these devotional practices. In, in, so even all the devotional practices that modern Catholics wouldn't be familiar with are still um, mysterious to right. them. So we're really looking at a degradation in a tradition which has kind of forgotten its own roots in Israelite worship. Precisely. Yeah. But the thing is it's it's yeah. still
0: it's still there in the douay Reims. It's 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 not and it's it's I mean, and it's still there. This is what in the nineteenth century when Carl Newman is trying to say, Oh, you know, it's embarrassing in Italian, um, much of what his friend Reverend Puzzi was pointing to was how ridiculous the Immaculate Conception was as a doctrine. And um it might be worthwhile at, at some point. Although every, when we talk about Mary, we keep trying to say, look, this is the center of the problem is in the, the way in which you understand Mary. And then, you know, it's claiming, yes, Mary is the secret to all of this, mm-hmm. this This understanding. It's not meaning Mary is like to be worshiped like God, The point, which is where uh, mm. Nubin worries Poozie is going. Mm. It's without Mary, mm. you don't see the frame for the mystery that we're trying to understand. And that has definitely been... You know, ridiculed and obscured and overrun, but l- ironically, not by Rome. Although I have my you know quarrels with some of the Vatican two ways of trying to pacify this sort of claim. Don't don't get mm-hmm. me started there. But lumigenium is a problem. <laughs> right? But it's, it's it's it is very interesting because it's it's it really isn't Rome purposely keeping knowledge from the people. That's at stake here. Mm. Yeah. So, but the, the, these Coptic texts, these um, um, Nagamadi Coptic texts, are actually a little different, right? Because, in fact, some of these—I'm I'm scrolling down on the webpage, right? Um, these are showing the codet, codices, the texts are found in, and what is in them. Many of these will have been unfamiliar until they were discovered in the in these um, in this cache of books um things like uh okay so the prayer of the apostle paul the Apocryphon of james the gospel of truth these are titles some of them i think are given to the them by the editors rather than titles Mm -hmm. are given but um treatise on the resurrection the tripartite tractate which is title given by scholars the Apocryphon of john the gospel of thomas that's being the most famous one um Gospel of Philip, the Apostasis of the Archons, um, and so forth. Right, so there, there are a variety of texts. None of them are very long; they're 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 short things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean things like the Sophia of Jesus Christ on her his wisdom, Dialogue of the Savior, Holy Book of the Great Invisible Spirit, or the Gospel of the Egyptians, First Apocalypse of James, Acts of Peter and the Twelve. Now the thing is if I if I were showing you a, a, a series of things, things like this and saying, Oh yes, this is, you know, the, the act the the the, the 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 accounts of the mar- deaths of the martyrs or you know the founding of such and such a monastery or you know right. this sermon on the feast of the Mary's conception. Oh, I've never heard of those. Those are secret and hidden and 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 to be suppressed. I mean simply because there's stuff out there under these titles doesn't instantaneously make it all like the cool version of what you've never heard of although it could Mm. (laughs) (laughs) you should read the golden legend right um but there it's 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 sort of it's kind of an interesting problem it's like the people usually making the claims about how cool and nifty and 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 forbidden these are may or may not Mm. know what all the other texts are that they don't know I, I think my *Servus Sanctus Mariae* from the 13th century is pretty, pretty wild, and you know, it's all about Mary and imagery of creation and the temple. Could fit right in, although it's too long to fit in these books.
1: So, okay, it's a branding problem. Some of it. Some of it's a branding yeah. problem, and then some of it is a problem of people not understanding the references to be able to access the texts. Right even though they're freely available, not just in in terms of uh, a language linguistic capacity, uh, but because they're not trained to read the imagery in the same way.
0: Right. And therein okay. lies the problem of reading what's in these books, right? so. Robinson, mm. when he first came across them in this, and it was publishing them in the 70s, called them Gnostic. And that, the Dan Brown version of things, and Elaine Pagels said they all run with this. It's like there's, and Pagels herself had, like Karen Armstrong, had some quarrels with the Catholic Church. There's a lot of scholarship that's done in quarrels with the modern Catholic Church, it affects some of this. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the problem is they're found in a cache in Egypt, and there's a, there's a map where they are. It's down there in Egypt, um, and I think some of what it, some of what the difficulty here is saying. Okay, like it's it's a set of a small collection of books. Um, mm-hmm. Whose were they? Why were they buried to be found centuries later? Um, you know, what tradition do they represent? And and then of course our framing question of and did Rome suppress them? <laughs> they're in Egypt and Coptic,
1: mm-hmm. which is not ruled by Rome. <laughs>
0: Thank you. <laughs> uh,
1: sorry, <laughs> was that my cue? <laughs> it's
0: just so obvious, right? It's if they're having quarrels, it's Rome. like the, the the immediate quarrel. <laughs> Who would be the one most likely to be worrying about heresy in Egypt? <laughs> say in <laughs> the third or fourth century
1: um, that would be the egyptians
0: one really famous one defines the trinity oh. against Arius.
1: <laughs>
0: right you know sort of the, the and, and the other uh. the other sort of ridiculous irony there is like oh Nicaea, you know squished everything you know who the most famous person at nicaea or at least at, it's like athanasius right Mm
2: -hmm. who is patriarch of
0: alexandria if they're worrying about heresy in egypt in the period they're not really sure when these books are copied there's some arguments that they're later than like they're more fourth fifth century than second third century but like the great defender of orthodoxy on the incarnation against arius in you know the the crux period of definitions of orthodoxy is literally athanasius alexandria I mean, the, the, these guys yep. are all imagining that all of the doctrine comes out of literally Rome
1: yeah, yeah. sorry do you yeah. understand
0: the to, ancient church uh, hello. <laughs> Cle- clearly no they no. don't I mean they're projecting this sort of Vatican-centric existence onto the ancient world ignoring the existence of the patriarchs ignoring I don't know where mm. Nicaea actually is and Oh, what language everything that carried on at Nicaea was in? It wasn't Coptic.
1: Well, it's an interesting. Over, it's an interesting oversight, right? But isn't that an interesting oversight? It's it's a very uh, you know to use the, the terminology of modern academia. It's so Eurocentric, and it's so Western minded. Yes. I mean, you're you're basically like a neo-colonial. I mean, like it's it's interesting that the. <laughs> The entire tradition of christianity is is suddenly pushed into the 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 west and it's removed from it its original orientation its original location and all of the all of the people that were involved in these massive uh dogmatic decisions are are pushed to pushed behind
0: they're under so the they're thumb kind of doing the Pope, clearly.
1: Well, they're kind of doing what they're accusing the Romans of doing. They're accusing Rome of hiding information from the public in the secret archives. But what they're doing is misrepresenting Christianity in the history of the church by completely hiding all of the uh, the the proper and accurate uh, narrative around why somebody like St. Athanasius the Great made the decisions on orthodoxy that he did, right. independent of Rome. Right. Yeah,
0: I know. It's it's. I, I find that it just, you could is. I'm amazed that I don't explode or something when I'm listening to this nonsense.
1: <laughs> Spontaneous combustion. Spontaneous combustion because it, it
0: misrepresents so many no, layers no. of Christianity of history. Completely ignores the actual complexity of the Eastern tradition. Completely ignores the fact that no. you know it's the Protestants that reject most of the Eastern tradition because in rejecting all of the devotion to Mary. They're rejecting the East. They're rejecting Orthodoxy. They're, re- you know, and, yeah. and and the, you know, the sort of the the. There's nobody more papal centric than a modern anti-papist.
1: <laughs> no wonder the library in Eng- England made them swear an oath to not Kindle <laughs> fire. <laughs>
0: makes you want to burn something Once, <laughs> what you finish studying here so yeah. they did use they so it, whatever they did they did film some of the harry potter movie the first one i think in Duke Humphrey's mm-hmm. reading room which of course all of us went Ooh, we've been there mm-hmm. um yeah so maybe you can have you can have wizards doing stuff in there but no kindling flame You <laughs> might be too frustrated with the entire exercise yeah. right okay so this mm. is it's a cache the nagamati library is a cache of of documents in Coptic, hidden sometime in the who we are not really sure fourth fifth century by whom we don't know, um, represented as if they're you know a deep secret allegedly hidden by because of Rome right none of this is known we have mm-hmm. no idea why those books are there um, there's I was surfing around looking it's like okay so what what do people think about, I was actually looking for pictures. Um, there is a a more recent theory um, by some scholars out of Oslo suggesting that it was, it was simply a monastic collection of books. Cause it's, you know, some of them are kind of contemplative. Mm-hmm. It, it's not even clear that it was hidden from like bad guys, right? It, it could have been that one suggestion they made is it's buried as grave goods. You know, mm-hmm. Who knows? We don't know, right? We don't know why these books are there. Yeah. We know that, you know, some of the, some of the discussion of, of some of them, there are, um, like the tripartite tractate discusses Valentinian's views on creation and cosmology. There, are, you know, other texts that of of you know collections of sayings and stuff that maybe we don't know. But it's to immediately assume that all of this is suppressed knowledge rather than simply lost knowledge is an interesting assumption. Mm. Um, it's also to. Uh, you know it's like saying the things that people obscure right where does monasticism originate in the egyptian desert right it, it's like th- what th- this is what the oslo scholars have suggested that this looks like it looks like a potentially monastic treatise if anybody's at odds mm-hmm. with modernity it's monasticism right that's what henry the managed to like suppress and steal from take all the books. Um, yes. That a lot of what I I'm, I'm often frustrated by in you know even with modern Catholic descriptions is it's so focused on scholasticism and so focused on a particular mode of thinking about doctrine that mystical more mystical contemplative texts just seem crazy right It's like the stuff I work mm-hmm. on the Marian treatises that I work on people like say that that's extreme you can't possibly believe that and it's like you're applying it's like trying to make poetry into um, scientific syllogisms. Mm. And this stuff is poetry, or some of it is, right? A lot of it, these sayings, gospels. So I found one. I, th- I was looking through this list and I thought, okay, there's one in here that sounded kind of cool. The Thunder, Perfect Mind, which then leapt out at me from the Wikipedia entry because it says, a poetic treatise. It is a self-proclamation of a female deity on the non-dual, all-encompassing nature of the divine.
2: You will all
0: remember the text that I read at the beginning of the exercise, right? We are now going to read translated by George W. McGray. Um, this short tract entitled The Thunder Perfect Mind is a revelation discourse delivered by a female revealer in the first person. There's nothing like that in the scriptures, right? It is characteristic of the revelation imparted <laughs> the self-proclamation, I am, is of an anti- antithetical or paradoxical sort. I am the whore and the only one. I am the wife and the, and the virgin. In addition, there are added exhortations to hear and reflect and reproaches for failing to do so. Yeah. Okay. More, more exegesis. Here we go. Thunder, Mm -hmm. perfect mind. I was sent forth from the power and I've come to those who reflect upon me. I have been found among those who seek after me. Look upon me. You who reflect upon me and you hearers hear me. You who are waiting for me, take me to yourselves. Do not banish me from your sight. Do not make your voice hate me nor your hearing. Do not be ignorant of me anywhere or any time. Be on your guard. Do not be ignorant of me. For I am the first and the last. I am the honored one and the scorned one. I am the whore and the holy one. I am the wife and the virgin. I am the mother and the daughter. I am the members of my mother. I am the barren one and many are her sons. I am she whose wedding is great and I have not taken a husband. I am the midwife and she who does not bear. I am the solace of my labor pains. I am the bride and the bridegroom. It is my husband who begot me. I am the mother of my father and the sister of my husband, and he is my offspring. I am the slave of him who prepared me. I am the ruler of my offspring, but he is the one who begot me before the time on a birthday, and he is my offspring in due time, and my power is from him. I am the staff of his power in his youth, and he is the rod of my old age, and whatever he wills happens to me. I am the silence that is incomprehensible and the idea whose remembrance is frequent, I am the voice whose sound is manifold and the word whose appearance is multiple. I am the utterance of my name. That's just the start. Mm. What do you hear?
1: I hear somebody describing... A creature bringing forth her own creator.
0: Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I kept if I kept reading from I, this other book that is claimed to, you know, be boring and, and not have any powerful images in it. um, hmm, Let me find a passage here the lord possessed me in the beginning of his ways before he made anything from the beginning i was set up from eternity and of old before the earth was made the depths were not as yet and i was already conceived neither had the fountains of waters as yet sprung out the mountains with their huge bulk had not as yet been established before the hills i was brought forth he hath not yet made the earth nor the rivers nor the poles of the world when he prepared the heavens i was present when with a certain law and compass he enclosed the depths, when he established the sky above and poised the fountains of waters, when he compassed the sea with its bounds and set a law to the waters that they should not pass their limits, when he balanced the foundations of the earth, I was with him forming all things and was delighted every day playing before him at all times, playing in the world, and my delights were to be with the children of men. Now therefore, ye children, hear me, Blessed are they that keep my ways, hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, and that watcheth daily at my gates, and waiteth at the post of my doors. He that shall find me shall find life, and shall have salvation from the Lord. But he that shall sin against me shall hurt his own soul. All that hate me love death. I frankly think, don't think people spend enough time reading the scriptures.
1: Um, well, that's ironic because they accuse us of not reading them either. It, 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 <laughs> curious and interesting, yes. hmm Um, <clears throat> this person is describing themselves as conceived... Which could have a, a, I mean, this this could have two meanings, Uh sexual conception or a creative conception mm-hmm. in here. Now that's a very interesting thing to meditate on.
0: I mean, I like that and playing the play, yes. Yeah, so in in Proverbs, it's wisdom playing mm-hmm. before the Lord, um, and that passage is of course used in the feasts of Mary. <laughs> And, and then and then mm-hmm. it gives a rise to when the doctrinal debates come around, it's like, well, what does it mean she's conceived? Oh, she must have been there all was it was it immaculate? And I'm you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: in the liturgical tradition you're saying there's a feast, we celebrate this, it's a mystery. Um in modernity everything has to be, you know, known exactly. And if it's not known exactly, it's it's not knowledge. Instead it, sort of poetic reality.
1: Mm. Yeah. (laughs) It has to be known. It has to be measured. It has to be measured accurately according to the authorized measure. And there, we just get so, uh... you can see my visceral reaction to the reliance on scholars, (laughs) (laughs) for everything, (laughs) but it's, it's a, It's like a it's like measuring a symbol. It sort of doesn't work. There's a there's a kind of uh there's a loss then of appreciating the 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 beauty and the truth in the thing. Mm-hmm. It's a different way of approaching the same thing which is to meditate on the nature of Christ's mother, to meditate on the nature of wisdom. So, if we're going to be measuring in a scholastic way, you don't get to approach the virgin poetically, which means you don't get to approach the virgin with this crystalline kind of cathedral window way of thinking about the thing uh, and and the and the woman, you know it's a it's a completely different approach, yeah. No wonder everybody everybody struggles with these texts because they're not wrestling with them with the imagery in their right. minds. So you're arguing over the conception of a woman. Immaculate conception, but the conception here, as we're all having a modern problem of conception, because <laughs> there's no Yeah, it's so meta. Because <laughs> there's no rose window in the head.
0: Yeah and no wisdom it's i mean this is so so the 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 neutral version it's like in that passage i was reading proverbs 8 right and and proverbs 9 opens with you know wisdom is built her house with seven pillars so that um Mm -hmm. and and then the the first book that i read from before was wisdom I mean, there's this entire sophia tradition this entire wisdom tradition and um in christianity it gets folded into the knowledge of christ as the word the incarnate logos mm. but also our lady and in the eastern tradition the deep eastern the coptic i mean there's a, what we should do so we should do as well c- convincing everyone that mary is the core of all of this mystery is 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 an uphill battle here but i mean they're, mm. they're great coptic stories of her assumption her her death and assumption and and there's you know very interesting things about how she's the mother of the angel and and so forth it is true that there's a lot of very bizarre to modern christians imagery in these ancient texts but a it's in the scriptures too right it's it's like you just you've gotten habituated to them so you don't hear the weirdness and b it was there throughout the 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 tradition into the 16th century and and even you know sort of carried on in the degree to which the 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 early modern Catholic tradition was using this language so that it ends up in those doctrinal statements about Mary, her Immaculate Conception or Assumption. But it's like, it's been bleached out. So Mm -hmm. people are so afraid of looking silly and embarrassed. And, and, and um, it's like, if you actually study these lost, hidden, the Rome doesn't want you to read texts,
2: Mm -hmm. you
0: end up with the ancient and medieval tradition. Not with something that Rome like hid from everybody all along. It's 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 where you get, end up with what mm. modernity has rejected.
2: Mm. More
0: Christianity. You get this more deep Christianity, <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, you get more more Christianity. It's deep and it's multimedia, multimedia, because you're not stuck in scholasticism. To express your devotion anymore,
0: or stuck in uh, the enlightenment to be embarrassed when it doesn't seem rational. Yeah, mm. we're talking about the divine here, and and who made reason, yeah. right? And I do also have some problems with this. Like we're, you know, the only reason, the only way we're going to convince people of, of the truth of the incarnation is is you know by rational proofs, and it's like, uh you're talking about the eruption of the creator into his cre- creature
2: so <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's, the, 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 the thunder the thunder perfect mind goes on why you
0: who hate me do you love me and you who hate those who love me you who deny me confess me and you who confess me deny me you tell the truth about me lie about me and you who have lied about me tell the truth about me you who know me be ignorant of me and those who have not known me let them know me for I am knowledge and ignorance, I am shame and boldness, I am shameless, I am ashamed, I am strength, I am fear, I am war and peace. Give heed to me. I am the one who's disgraced and the great one. It's like prophetic. <laughs> mm-hmm. The humility and the and the and the magnificence. Mary is as the I'm not sure this is Mary, but it's like it's within the it's within a monastic contemplative mystical tradition that tends to play off these kind of paradoxes. The the editors yes. claim that um it presents no distinctively Jewish Christian or Gnostic themes, nor does it seem to presuppose a particular Gnostic myth. While the Jewish wisdom literature and the Isis erotologies provide texts which are parallel in tone and style, the particular significance of the self-proclamations of Thunder Perfect Mind may be found in their antithetical character. Okay, well it you know it the. It, the 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 level of weirdness that you want to find in these is some of what people tend to find as well
1: I'm wondering if that is if, if it's the weirdness that the uh, because because they seem weird because they're poetic mm. this seems more uh purposefully occulted i mean obviously the, the the they can't read the imagery because uh there there's a there's a disconnect between uh, all of this imagery and the the modern devotion for a lot of people because they haven't been introduced to it but the the way of playing with paradoxes, I mean, we're not encouraged to do this as a kind of thought exercise for the most part in our education now. Uh, they change the mind powerfully. And then there's the flipping of all of these ideas that's... I mean, it it, it does seem silly, but... Uh, it's because there is no pragmatic reason for doing this. I suppose this is the this is the kind of thing that it would be knocking up against a, a modern understanding of well, why do we need to do this? What's the outcome? What are we going to gain from it? There's no there's nothing immediately to gain from doing this in terms of a commercial uh outcome or um building a church building or anything this is contemplation it's pure contemplation of of divine concepts we don't do that in this culture it seems a waste that's the culture without the monastic in it
0: it's a culture without the monastic yeah i think ultimately so we've got we've had some nice um discussion in the chat um Yeah, Casey's saying, Rome knew just where to hide the Nagamari Nagamari library in Egypt. Devious papist. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Silent
0: Draco. Arians and historians and monophysites, oh my. Right? Yeah. Like, Mm. okay. And Silent Draco. Like any monastery worried about sacking, take copies out and hide in safe places. Very possibly. um, Although in in the fourth century, I'm not sure who they've necessarily been worried about being sacked by yet. Right. The Vandals don't show up in North Africa until the fifth century. Um, how many significant digits in the Trinity? Silent Draco. Yes. And, and Mel is, is, of course, a river run. Right. This is this is the kind of sort of mystical contemplation that for those who are used to the more poetic liturgical tradition can say, yes, there, it's there already. OK. So, I'm sure though people are wow. people want to know about the the secret gospels of Jesus right so the the most famous one I think is probably worth reading from the Gospel of Thomas um, there's some fragments of this one in other texts, so the Greek can be dated probably around two hundred c e nobody knows who wrote it um, and there are 114 sayings. We ready? Gospel of Thomas. Mm-hmm. This, this is this is the one they're really hiding from you, so that you you will you you you'll not be deceived. Or wait, okay, Gospel of Thomas. <laughs> these are the secret sayings which the living Jesus spoke and which Didymus Judas Thomas wrote down. And he said, "Whoever finds the interpretation of these sayings will not experience death." Jesus said. Let him who seeks continue seeking until he finds. When he finds, he will become troubled. When he becomes troubled, he will be astonished, and he will rule over the all. Jesus said, If those who lead you say to you, See, the kingdom is in the sky, then the birds of the sky will precede you. If they say to you, It is in the sea, then the fish will precede you. Rather, the kingdom is inside of you, and it is outside of you. When you come to know yourselves, then you will become known. And you will realize that it is you who are the sons of the living father. But if you will not know yourselves, you dwell in poverty. And it is you who are that poverty. Jesus said, shall I keep going? Right. It's, like, it's nothing but sayings. Mm-hmm. The, the, the,
1: the, the... <laughs> I'm waiting for the.
0: <laughs> it's, it's like nothing but the Sermon on the Mountain. No story. Right. Yeah. Um, Jesus said, yeah. the man old in days will not hesitate to ask a small child, seven days old about the place of life and he will live. For many, are first will become last, and they will become one and the same.
1: They're like tweets. This yes! is like a collection of tweets. Collection of tweets. <laughs> the best of. Yes.
0: And and the thing is that so this kind of um, sayings list, it's it's typical of the ancient philosophical world, which which is interesting. There's a great book um, by Pierre Hadot called um, "Philosophy as a Way of Life." where he shows that the ancient philosophers, like the Epicureans and the Neoplatonists and stuff like that, they'll make sayings collections of their teachers. And it, you mm-hmm. know, in, in that sense, these saying gospels fit that style, right? Jesus says, Jesus says, Jesus says. But there, there's no... Um,
1: Confucius say.
0: Yeah. There's some parables... Yeah. Some of them overlap with the Gospels. A woman from the crowd said to him, blessed are, the, blessed are the womb which bore you and the breast which nourished you. He said to her, Blessed are those who have heard the word of the Father and have truly kept it. For there will be days when you will say, Blessed are the womb which has not conceived and the breast which has not given milk. It's from, the, it's from the standard tradition. Jesus said, Come unto me, for my yoke is easy and my lordship is mild, and you will find repose for yourselves. Jesus said, He who will drink from my mouth will become like me. I myself shall become he, and the things that are hidden will be revealed to him. Ha, this one's, Jesus said, The kingdom is like a man who had a hidden treasure in his field without knowing it. And after he died, he left it to his son. The son did not know about the treasure. He inherited the field and sold it. And the one who bought it went plowing and found the treasure. He began to lend money at interest to whomever he wished. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okie dokie. Uh,
1: (laughs) How to start a credit card company. That
0: was unexpected. This is the most famous (laughs) one. 114. Simon Peter said to them, Let Mary leave us, for women are not worthy of life. Jesus said, I myself shall lead her in order to make her male so that she too may become a living spirit resembling you males. For every woman who will make herself male will enter the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally the most famous of these. So, but that, that's it, right? It's like the, the, it's sayings. It's, it's, you know, Simon Peter said to him, you're like, uh, Jesus said to his disciples, compare me to someone and tell me who I am like. Simon Peter said to him, you are like a righteous angel. Matthew said to him. You are like a wise philosopher. Thomas said to him, Master, my mouth is wholly incapable of saying whom you are like. Jesus said, I am not your master. Because you have drunk, you have become intoxicated from the bubbling spring which I have measured out. He took him and withdrew and told him three things. When Thomas returned to his companions, they asked him, What did Jesus say to you? Thomas said, If I tell you one of the things which he told me, you will pick up stones and throw them at me. A fire will come out of the stones and burn you up. (laughs) it 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 could be that, you know that there's a different tradition out there of 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 how we see Jesus but the, the 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 hidden gospels i mean some of the 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 old new testament apocrypha they have infancy gospels and stories of Jesus and those were again they're known throughout the middle ages rome had no ability or desire apparently to like squish absolutely all traditions prior to i don't know yesterday <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they've had nothing to do with these short sayings collections it's it, it, this is it, these i mean from from what you've just read this isn't a threat to the papacy <gasps> this isn't a th- you know the argument <laughs> the argument it's given that all of these things are hidden because they're a threat to the papacy's power and this is a very common thing in australia especially because we don't have the um we don't have the civilizational uh, uh, memory here in the infrastructure, which you know shows the papal state, for example, to kind of have some nice architecture to enjoy. Right. So everybody levels this accusation uh, against the uh, the papacy, probably even worse than the people that were in the podcast you were watching. <laughs> How would these sayings affect uh, the power of Rome's pontiff, the the bishop of Rome? It, it makes no sense.
0: Well, I I, I, I think is we haven't we haven't talked through the whole you know the whole history of the papacy and how it gets get the prestige and the the power that yeah it does. I mean some of it you know, is like the earliest you can see the pope being somewhat effective. I don't know. Like Gregory the Seventh in the 11th century makes some fairly powerful claims against Emperor Henry IV, Fourth, um, mm-hmm. whose men—oh, wait—capture um, Rome, drive Gregory out of Rome, and, Ro- and Gregory dies a prisoner of the Normans. <laughs> if you know enough about the history of the papacy, mm-hmm. a you're used to anti-popes and ex-popes and stuff, but you know the 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 their pope the pope a lot of the 14th century in avignon because they can't control rome <laughs> innocent III, the third this is the most powerful pope he whose archives are contained actually in the vatican archives um mm-hmm. calls a crusade that he can't he can control so powerfully that they don't go where he wants them to go <laughs> And they end up first sacking Zara on, on the Dalmatian coast because the Venetians want to, and then going to Constantinople and he say, no, 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 you're excommunicated. Stop. Right. That's how like crushingly powerful the Pope is. Oh, and all those, those inquisitions <laughs> that you've heard about, like the Spanish inquisition wasn't a papal office. It was a royal office. That's why it's called the Spanish inquisition. Mm-hmm and the portuguese inquisition was the portuguese inquisition
1: <laughs> not the roman no so people aren't following orders this kind of crushes the fantasy that there's a all powerful hidden hand <laughs> maneuvering the people around the <laughs> the world uh well
0: there is it's not that it's not the pope
1: yeah well in the in the sense that the bishop of rome is the one who's been able to do it the entire time so
0: i mean get magic powers by constantine
1: (laughs) yeah yeah or uh absolute uh Absolute, absolute fidelity and complete obedience, mindless drawn obedience to the Pope by every single Catholic in Europe that went on the Crusade, or became involved in some kind of holy war or skirmish.
0: Oh yeah, a lot it of it. Like but the, the, the Crusaders spend their time excommunicated by the Pope, like um, uh, Frederick the Gre- Frederick the Second, who makes a treaty uh-huh. to hold Jerusalem for ten years while excommunicated. I mean, that's how much power the popes have in the height of the papal monarchy in the 13th century they cannot get the crusaders to go where they want them to go
1: (laughs) so if they can't even get their own crusaders to go where they want to go how would they have possibly been able to stash secret knowledge away for over a thousand years
0: well they can't control their own city well enough to make sure that nobody sacks their archives so it's this this kind of I you okay. know I I almost think that the people who are making these stories up want the pope to be that powerful because they need like you know the James Bond villain to to, to yeah. oppose. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. The Bond villain, but it's it's not. There's a. It's interesting that it's particularly the Roman that that has to be placed in this James Bond villain mode, and it's not our bishop. People don't even realise we have a pope. (laughs) I have to keep reminding everybody, yeah, we have our own pope, (laughs) Um, which is funny considering our our people invented monasticism. (laughs) Maybe that's a part of it. Maybe it's the... uh, Maybe it's the, the creating this the supervillain because of the the scholastic worldview. I don't know. Is there is there some sense that they want they want there to be secret knowledge kept from everybody because actually it's monasticism that's been kept from everybody.
0: Maybe. I mean, mm-hmm. so I think yeah, I think there's a this is this is a good place for us to go rather than. Disproving the 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 three little books that I can do there and show you there are actually a lot more manuscripts in the Vatican collection and and most of them are, you know, liturgy. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. it 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 certainly makes it more fun to claim that there is this indomitable power that you need to resist mm-hmm. rather than your own ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, you know the, the the monastic tradition is of course about asceticism and discipline and prayer and you know the focus therefore on your own humility and on self-examination and of course who wants that mm. and and the prayer life is of course submitting to the prayer to the the discipline of i mean in the egyptian desert it's it's saying the psalms daily like all 150 of them and if you're really heroic multiple times or like saint antony in the desert living in a cave for 20 years fighting demons (laughs) Mm -hmm. the, the real heroism of the whole tradition in the egyptian desert being the monks who put themselves under this kind of discipline no pope it's is is making mm. do that they invented it of their own desire.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah the 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 monastic practice emerged because the the monks felt called by the spirit to flee into the desert to find their holiness, and renounce the treasure of the world for the treasure of heaven. Uh, you couldn't order somebody to live like that if you tried nobody would nobody nobody would be able to maintain that discipline under orders it has to be something that is done uh with with devotion and with the uh, with with love i mean the egyptian does it it's not like there's a there were 7-11s <laughs> out there for everyone to you know to access snacks if they got a bit hungry and they and they were not enjoying the fasting the monks were leaving civilization completely and going out on their own in in, in the wilderness so yeah uh this isn't the the orders of a hierarchy that's trying to to control them for sure
0: well, certainly, whatever whoever buried it's the it. books at Nagamati, um, more likely in a kind of contemplative tradition because they have that flavor. I think that's a that's an appropriate mm. suggestion. So, Margaret Barker, whose work we like on, on the temple, she's actually tried to show that many of them, the Gnostic um, texts, do carry more of the similarity with the ancient temple tradition than modern scholars. Well. Not everybody agrees with Margaret's scholarship on on all of those, but I mean she can find a fairly consistent temple sort of theme um, uh, throughout mm-hmm. all of them, including in things like the archons and the creation stories and such. And and I mean the main point being, which was what I was trying to do, demonstrating reading some of the the, the passages from the douay reams, is the scriptural tradition itself is way stranger than you think. It it either people are not reading all of the The passages that have some of this more mystical imagery in them, or have become so used to them that we just don't hear how bizarre they are. Uh, And Mm. so, you know, some of the 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 strangeness in these newly discovered texts being that they're strange rather than that their imagery is more strange necessarily than what we actually already have access to.
1: So the desensitization to the imagery that we have. Mm. Well, that makes sense. Okay, so
0: things like the the Gospel of Thomas where Christ is saying, you know, Jesus saying, I'll make Mary male. Medieval nuns thought of themselves as warriors. Mm. I mean, I have I there's some um, you know, liturgical books again where they're talking about themselves as as um you know, the, the, the sisters in arms, right? There's a there's actually a book yeah. of, of monastic of, of the history of nuns. Their sisters, they're they're they are themselves knights because they're battling the demons with their prayers, so that that mm-hmm. that um, you know sort of what people love now to say the gender fluidity of of things. There's gender fluidity throughout the mystical tradition. That's nothing new, um, because what mm-hmm. you're trying to do is explain this the explain the poetic mystery of our relationship with the divine, and therefore, for example, that passage that I read from the Song of Songs where. The bride is is you know waiting the bridegroom putting his hand through the lattice and touching her belly and she trembles at his touch. Rupert of Deutz reads that both as a description of Mary's being touched at the incarnation and himself being touched and being given mm-hmm. the, the the ability to comment on scripture. Right, so that that sort of I've written a lot about this gen- gender fluidity in in that mystical tradition. The Gospel mm-hmm. of Thomas is, therefore, not as wild as it seems if, in fact, you know the rest of the monastic tradition. Mm. And saying that Mary, you know, will make we'll make them male, for whatever that means, so they can also participate in this, or will make them, you know, celibate, virtuous, manly, I mean, you know, virilitaire. The, the Mary's called virago because she has virilitaire virtues. She's got, you know, manly mm. virtues she's the mother of god but she's got manly virtues (laughs) Mm. the what the real tradition that's right out there in the books that you can you know if you can read latin are in plain sight is way stranger than you know a few hidden books in the desert
1: Mm. yeah Uh. Well, I'm thinking like one of our one of our monks ended up being a woman <laughs> uh, marinos who who was who begged begged her father to take her into the monastery with him because she didn't want to be married and she wanted to be consecrated mm-hmm. to christ and mm-hmm. then he passed away and she managed to hide in there <laughs> undercover as a man for a long time was falsely accused of. Um, fornicating with a woman and having a bastard child. (laughs) And then (laughs) I think it was by Roman soldiers, funnily enough, that accused Mm. her of it. So (laughs) maybe this is why (laughs) everybody's accusing the Romans. They just, they're getting the saint stories mixed up. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, she received the child and then uh, raised it. And it was only after she passed away that the other monks discovered that she was female, which is very funny so the uh the the way that we read the the scriptures in our liturgies is, is that you do see yourself in the in the readings uh it 's not it 's not that you will read one of the stories of of the scriptures, read one of the characters and say okay so that 's a male character i can 't identify with this character i can't have a relationship with with god in the same uh way that they are you kind of put them on and then enter into that experience uh and then ignore the male or female in in that in that way so yeah right
0: so what we're establishing is um, the, the the weird thing. I mean, th- there are weird things in the the Nagamadi that may or may not fit in absolute orthodox doctrine. But a lot of what people respond to as weird is not what is not that right. And 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 that yeah. sort of therefore understanding why they weren't included in the liturgies. I mean, most most canonical mainly means do we sing it in church. And, and the, and the problem mm-hmm. for like the, the stories about Mary's assumption in the East, um, you know, they, they establish the feasts and they recognize these stories, but, um, the, they still prefer to use the scriptures and their lessons and things like that in the West, particularly with the Carolingians. And I have written extensively about this. They say, well, we'll get the feasts because they come in the seventh century with the Greek and Syrian popes who were fleeing from the Muslims. Um, Greek mm-hmm. and Syrian popes, uh, they they established the feast in the West, but the the Franks in particular are saying, well, we're not really sure we can have this feast because there's no like stories about it that we can that we can verify as as you know. Uh, not canonical, but whether we can trust them, it's like so. We use the Song of yeah. Songs instead, and that's how they they end up using the Song of Songs to tell the story of Mary's death and and Assumption because they put it in the liturgy, mm-hmm. right? And and it, it's it's this um. Their willingness to take they're willing to take on the mysteries, even if they're worried about some of the sources of the stories. Again, it's 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 all everything that you've ever wondered about being cool in our tradition. It's its really already there.
2: Mm.
0: I kind of lost where I was going with that with the, the Apocrypha Gospels. Anyway.
1: Well, it's not... It, it, this isn't content that could be introduced and in undo Christianity as we That's know it. it. Yes. This is just a potential source for... Uh, feast days and different traditions and different focuses in the liturgies.
0: Right, and some of it's actually already of known uh, things about, this is again why I responded so positively to Margaret Barker's work things about Christ as the angel of great counsel for example, mm-hmm. from I, the Septuagint translation of the Isaiah or um, references that Jerome makes to the Gospel of the Hebrews which is the source of one of the things where the Holy Spirit is his mother which is apparently comes from the Gospel of Hebrews. These are things that are quoted throughout the Middle Ages as well. I mean, the the, mm. the many of the quote weirdest stuff is already part of the living tradition. So yes, if if the if the if the frame problem that we started with is if you read these books, it will shatter your faith, and you'll find out that Rome's been lying to you all along. No. <laughs> You have been lied to it about sounds- Rome. <laughs>
1: yeah. It sounds more that uh, if you read those books, you'll be more aware of how uh, temple-orientated Roman Christian expression was and ideally is. <laughs>
0: uh, yes, you will find yeah. yourself actually participating in the ancient temple worship
1: yeah yeah and that's that's an interesting thing to be gatekeeping
0: yes indeed yeah I wonder, I wonder who would want that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who would? Do? People who deny our Lord Jesus
0: Christ as the incarnate Son of God. Yep. Which Athanasius didn't yep. deny, he affirmed it, which is the point against Arius. Wow. So it's like, it, right, it's like the ancient mystical mystery tradition that is hidden to the world right now is literally orthodoxy. Yes. So Casey is saying um, the alphabet people will definitely start believing these texts were suppressed. The tranny positive tweets, women should become male. Yes. Well, I've written about this. I already did. (laughs) Old news. I've actually, it's in my books, right? This, this problem of the, the flexibility of gender in the Song of Songs and the mystical tradition. Yeah. Yes, yawn. I I did the, actually the post that I did about that the gingerfalooda so I'm so bored with it <laughs> <laughs> because the, the living tradition of the mystical encounter with the divine is way more exciting. Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah, the hand the hand through the lattice. Mm-hmm.
0: Which, if you realize, is the way, in, in particularly in the, in the Cistercians, Bernardo Clairvaux also loves the Song of Songs. So this whole mystical tradition comes out of reading the bride as the soul, and therefore every man who read it was seen himself as in the feminine character.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, well, Christianity is way weirder than every, you guys think, so. <laughs> yeah. But not for the reasons you've been told.
1: <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of gatekeeping around uh keeping post enlightenment people from the ancient orthodoxy. Yes. And then giving them a a secular version of all of these uh mystical practices. As the the gruel alternative to to the the nourishment of uh, Christian tradition, and constantly pointing to the Roman Pope as the the Bond villain that needs to be avoided at all costs, which in reality only shows is that they're obsessed with the redirection of attention away from the rest of Christendom towards Rome constantly. So you pivot the attention away from the people that were responsible for figuring out the dogma in the first place and uh, where they actually were and what they were doing.
0: In the Eastern tradition.
1: Um, In the East, in the East, Yeah.
0: And keep keep us yeah. from looking at the great mystical monastic traditions of the East. The Nagamati Library is in Coptic, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> the, great, the great ancient, and we could go through other things like Jubilees, which is known in the Ethiopian Church. All of these great ancient texts mm-hmm. that are known from the Egyptian, and and um, you know Syrian and Orthodox Greek and um i mean you were guessing other languages right it's like yes there's all these ancient languages that all of this tradition is carried in and to a large extent that tradition is known in the in the west even through the 16th century and until it's it's obliterated by the Refor- reformation
1: mm. now This is something that we are looking at then, the West as a a kind of the way that people describe the West as this isolated thing, Mm. but from a pre-16th century perspective, it was not isolated from the East. There's, in terms of the traditions, it can't be it can't be divorced from its connection to all of these uh, mystical traditions from the east which would explain what's going on with western culture
0: we've been cut off from our source
1: yeah 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 (laughs) so
0: We don't want to hear any of this ever again on the internet because we've solved it right now.
1: (laughs) Somehow. uh, (laughs) The frustration (laughs) of
0: scholarship, it doesn't matter how many times you tell people somehow the lies are running around the world with their, you know, before the truth can get its boots on again. Right. Mm -hmm. I do, I do feel like we've talked through some of this. And of course the, you know, the guys who we were listening to debate this last week. haven't read my book but the the sort of frustration of what it's like if we're wondering to rediscover a tradition and bring it back to life and you know share it with the world that is that you know think talk about you know who suppresses what under those circumstances Mm. ignorance is Mm. is uh in need of wisdom Mm. for sure
1: oh man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh and high fat you made it just at just at the end I think I think I think we've wrapped I think we've made our point I really I'd like I, I suppose we get to do one of these every so often and it's just sort of self-indulgent like good grief why are people so dumb
1: <laughs> um no I, I I feel like uh <laughs> I've got constantly raising my hand at the back of the class, saying, "And we have a pope too." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we decided Orthodox doctrine, you know, <laughs> like uh, don't forget we
0: exist.
1: <laughs> it's very funny.
0: Well, yeah. you know, I I keep you know in the back in the back of the room holding up my hand for the <laughs> medieval tradition and, and finding out that yes. finding out that Cardinal, you know, Saint newly Saint John Henry Newman dismissed the medieval tradition that his friend was ridiculing through citing Alphonse Silguri's glory of Mary and Louis de Montfort's true devotion to Mary and stuff. I say, it's not English. I'm like, oh, my work, I well, my work will never be done mm-hmm. because well that, I mean, that's, that's, that's actually another curious question. Why is it so hard for these traditions to stay in the light? When they're out there mm. for sure they get buried in the books and rediscovered I, mean, I i was just now thinking so maybe it's a good thing that the nagamati books were discovered when they were because we needed them to reignite people's interest in mysticism yeah that's a good reason to have found them in the mid-20th <laughs> century <laughs> right after world war ii <laughs> right after indiana jo- no indiana jones not real but you know the true indiana jones finding being the ancient tradition hmm <laughs> <laughs> that lost ark that lost ark which we know where it is <laughs> okay well all right as 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 i demonstrated there's lots more of these apocryphal scriptures where that came from and we can continue talking about them tell us in the comments whether you'd like to hear more about them um please subscribe on unauthorized so you can participate in the chat you have described to logos and tolkien and then you can support our work In our artwork, in our arguing with the internet, and in our continuing effort to scan in iambic pentameter so as to bring back poetry and beauty to the world. Mm -hmm. And Kickstarter patrons, backers are receiving their packages, so the book is real. The book is real. As are the cards, <laughs> right? It's like all of our, 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 the the, the, the cards have now gone out to the very special backers who, who now can play solitaire with the dragons. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, should, I should send a few boxes to Egypt to bury them somewhere so it can unearth them in about 500 years' yeah, time. So be <laughs> these, these mystic symbols and they won't, they
0: won't, they'll think this is, this is some kind of Gnostic symbol when it's actually, you know, in the Bible, right? Hmm. <laughs> mm. Okay. Good. Well, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week to fight the internet about something else. Good night. <laughs> Bye.